You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We are resuming our Set Apart to Serve series mm-hmm. today, and we head to the Mid-South District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Joining us today, the Reverend Dr. Roger Pavola. He's president of the Mid-South District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Dr. Pavola, thanks for joining us on The Coffee Hour. Good morning. It's a pleasure. Thank you. We are looking forward to learning more about your path to serving as a church worker, serving the Office of Holy Ministry, and now as a district president. We're going to do that in just a moment. I want to say thanks to our friends at Concordia University, Wisconsin, for your support of the Coffee Hour. You can find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. Dr. Pavla, tell us about your path to becoming a church worker. When did you start thinking about becoming a pastor? I was about five years old. And the pastor that was serving our home congregation about that time, we had both lost relatives about the same, about the same time. And when he was talking to me, he, uh, he was, he was being real, quite more remorseful about the fact that he had lost a child and I said, but you know, Jesus is taking care of them and they're with Jesus. Why should we be sad? I was about five years old. He said, you're going to be a pastor someday. And this was Dr. Aho. He's very well known throughout the Synod. He was a big man in, in the homiletic, but it took me all the way through into high school. I looked at going in one of our Concordias. That didn't work because I, I had to be able to find ways of being able to support that. And went through high school and into college and in college, I was looking at what I needed to do for prep work to get into the seminary. I met my wife in college and told her that, uh, if, if you don't like the idea of becoming a Baptist wife, let me know real soon so I can keep looking. <laughs> but we, I went into hospital administration. I had an MBA in, in administration. And there were a number of times that I had uh, looked at getting back into what I really wanted to do. And that was to be able to be a service to the kingdom of Christ. And eventually after being in the hospital administration for 23 years, I ended up going home one day and saying to my wife that it's time for us to go to seminary. I did. It's been a joy. I absolutely, the only regret that I have is that I did not do it sooner. However, because of the wisdom of the Lord, he's given me an opportunity to be able to take some of the things in business practice that are needed for church administration. I've been in the ministry now for over 25 years. I, I, I was able to take what I, what I learned in my, in my experience there, my first career, become a second career pastor. And uh, it has been an absolute delight. It is a, it is a wonderful, wonderful decision that we were able to make. My wife and my family completely supported it. And uh, now all of our kids are involved in church work. So it works. And uh, second career is not as, as scary as some people would make it out to be at you know, the Lord provides ways of being able to give us means to be able to continue to go through our seminary training. And it, it is just, it is a wonder to what it is that the, uh, the Lord's hand will do for those that have made the choice of going into church work for the kingdom of Christ. 
That's a wonderful story. And always amazing to hear how God guides people along this path into the ministry and in ways that we we may or may not foresee in in our lives. What was that discernment process like for you, knowing that from a young age that this was something that you wanted to do and yet not actually getting into the ministry until well after college as a second career, as a second career church worker? What was that discernment process like as you were constantly thinking about whether this was the right path for you? Well, it, 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 it was always the right path for me, Sarah, but mm-hmm. um, the, the, the interest that I had in the support of the church was also that in every one of the congregations where we were able to, to worship throughout our hospital career, we had, had excellent pastors and very, very supportive pastors for what I was doing. And I was able to be in leadership along the way. And I think that just kind of made it a little bit easier, grease the skids, if you wish, to, to make that transition and, you know, very, very easy. I, I have to give a lot of credit to my wife. We had two children in college at the time. One was at Concordia Austin. The other one was at Concordia River Forest at that time. And I, I decided to go to seminary when that happened. And she was the one that had to support the entire family during that time. So she got a PhD, which is putting, putting hubby through. And we were, were able to get a, just a, a marvelous, marvelous experience. I wouldn't pass it up for anything. It was great. That is, what a story. That's a, a really great story. How does that then, if, on, on the flip side, how does that impact the conversations you have with people considering church work vocations, whether it's a student, a high school student or a youth or a college student or a second career person, how does your experience then impact those conversations? Uh, that's a good question, Ann, because what, what we have gone through as a family was very, very clear. And, and I, I, I don't want to belabor this at all, but we put up our house for sale after and we had a five bedroom house and it was one that we didn't know if it was going to go because all of the doctors and lawyers that had come into town at that time that could afford a five bedroom house, you know, thought, you know, we're just going to sit on it for a long, long time. And it, it sold within three weeks at the price that we had asked for. In fact, above the price that we had asked for it, I didn't have a place to stay when I, when I went to seminary and uh, when I went into the bookstore, there was a fellow that was standing there and he said, you're new here, where are you staying? And get that, he was able to say, why don't you just stay with us until you find an apartment? My wife is a registered nurse. She was, um, she was concerned about transferring her license from one state to the other. And she found out that they, they would take at least nine months for her to be able to get a transfer. That happened within four weeks. We were able to be back together. Within those four weeks time, we found an apartment. We were able to take care of absolutely everything. And when I talked to these, these individuals that just have the inkling of being able to do something with church work, just to be able to hear what it is that you know, the Lord absolutely provides. He's the one that is going to bring you in and, 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 and take care of all of your needs up to the point of recognizing that he's the one that is eventually going to be calling you into the ministry. The second career people really resonate with that kind of a story. So I had, I've had a chance to repeat it a number of times. 
the high school students kind of get this glazed look on their faces, like, my goodness, it's, it's four years after I finished my undergraduate work and so on and so forth. But as we go through and see how the process works and, and the support that the synod and the seminaries and, and our our Concordia university systems in the support of our students that are going into the church work, it takes away so much of the angst that we can really talk about engaging what it is that they would be hearing from the Lord. And what, every time that I heard the, you know, the, you know, the, the stories of Isaiah, who will go for us and who shall we send? Here am I, Lord, send me, send me. Because it, it happens every once in a while that we hear that. That was the thing that just tugged at my heart and let me know that that passion that I have for saving the lost and serving the saved just is absolutely out there in front. And it, when, when we can see that in, in a real practical historical way, what it is that has happened to absolutely every one of the people that got into church work, it works. Yeah, I think when we talk with young people, especially about the these goals that maybe six, eight, ten years down the road, the, the roadblocks do tend to pop up and, and concerns about how it's going to happen. But I think your story is, is wonderful that the Lord provides a, a way for people to do this. And you've mentioned like your wife was super supportive and, and your pastor. Who else along the way was helping you navigate through these challenges to overcome the, these roadblocks or, or things that would just pop up along the way? Well, most of our, most of our brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles and mothers and fathers thought we were absolutely nuts going into seminary when we had two kids in college ready. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was, I was the CEO of a, about 700 bed hospital and making very, very good salary. And to then go instead of having income and to be another drain on the, on the resources of our family, it was to do it. They didn't understand, but they did know that we have a passion for the ministry because it was just something that our family did. We didn't, we didn't have any, any hesitation whatsoever. And they knew that. And they were very, very much supportive of that. When, uh, when, when my Lord finally took place in my home congregation, the, uh, my mother came up to me and said, this is the proudest day we've ever had. So, so it was great. Wow. <laughs> I think we'll pause there. Yes. <laughs> what a story. We'll, we'll take a pause there. We'll come back and learn more about Dr. Pavla and serving in the Mid-South District and and encouraging people of all ages to consider church work. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others. To live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world. To live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Our guest today, 
Reverend Dr. Roger Pavla, President of the Mid-South District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. We're continuing our conversation in the Set Apart to Serve series. Dr. Pavla, tell us a little bit about the Mid-South District and where you serve today. Well, we are in seven states, primarily in Arkansas, Tennessee, western portion of Kentucky, but we have Oklahoma, Mississippi, Virginia, and, and, and Texas. But so we have 123 very, very good congregations in our, in, in our circuit, in our district, I'm sorry. And we're a thousand miles long and 450 miles wide. And it takes, takes a lot of being able to get around and, and to talk to all of our congregations and the members of our congregation, but it's, it is a delight to be able to serve in this Mid-South District. What does that mean for you as district president, being able to connect with people who are considering church work? What does that look like for you as you are going around and meeting people? Well, what, what we have done, Sarah, is that we've, we've made arrangements with congregations to get to know the Mid-South District, get to know the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and get to know what it means to be church workers and supporters of the church at, 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 on an individual basis. Just two weeks ago, we were doing interviews for men that are planning on going into the ministry. There was a requirement that they go through an interview process. Two of the men that were in that process are people that I met with when I went to the congregations and told them about the needs for having sufficient numbers of church workers for the future. And they were moved by what it is that the, the information that I was passing out to them. And they contacted me and they contacted the seminaries and said, we would like to commit to doing the church, the work of the church, which is really a face-to-face kind of a thing. This is the importance of set aside, set apart to serve. And that is basically that we need to get in to do that personal type of relationship with them as much as possible, because that's what Jesus did. He came the incarnation to to, to, to be with us and to look us square in the eye and, and to be about the ministry that he's entrusted to the, to the church and to our care and keeping. And these individuals saw the need and they have responded by the work that the Holy Spirit is working with them and the need that they have also seen that's, that's happening in the church and is a growing need. So we're, we have delightfully we have seven men that are in the seminary right now, and we have interviewed five more. There are four of them that are graduating this year, and we have five more that are, that are preparing to get into the ministry starting in the fall. It is, it, it's an amazing process when you can talk to a person face-to-face and let them know the, the things that they can do in the ministry. Second career high school students, college students, and so on and so forth. It, it is an absolutely amazing thing to see the way that the, Lord, that the Lord's working with them and, and through them. So the Mid-South District has set aside substantial numbers of dollars to be able to support our students in the university system and in the seminaries as they go through. So we are, we're quitting our money where our mouth is. We're supporting these people Tuition is not a concern for them. Living expenses is not going to be as, as much of a concern for them. Just to let them know that we are there and supportive. So 
if we take a look at the 25,000 people that we have in the Mid-South District, confirmed members of 25,000, can that lead to have seven men in the seminary? If we had that as a proportion for every one of our districts across the Senate, I'm not sure that we would have a that we would have this impending concern for where our next workers are coming from. And it means getting out, talking to the people on a regular basis, letting them hear what they can do, letting them know that all of the support is, is there. And that's what we have done with this set aside to set apart to serve program in our district. We're now putting together a, a task force in, in our, in our district. We have people that are new to the ministry, both commissioned and ordained, and people who have been tenured for, you know, being in there for 10, 15, 20 years, whatever the case may be. And we're going to move this thing into every congregation in the Mid-South District during 2023 and 2024 uh, to make sure that the message of the needs of the congregation, the needs of the kingdom of Christ are all there and let the Spirit do the work to call these people into the ministry as we see fit. You mentioned the concern for the need for church workers. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? What is the need for church workers? Why is it important for us to consider encouraging both youth and adults alike to consider church work vocations? Well, Andy, what we've, what we've seen is that the, the enrollment in our seminaries has diminished pretty substantially. We're in the high 70s, low 80s as far as our graduation rate coming from, coming from our seminaries. The SMP track is saturated. They, they can't take any more men into that, in, into that type of a role. And 10, 15 years ago, both of, the, both of the seminaries were producing at least the same number that are coming from both of our seminaries now. And then when we take a look at the commission workers, the number of commission workers that have been coming out of our universities has diminished by anywhere to one-sixth to one-tenth of what, it, what they were 15 years ago. We need to be able to express to these high school students and, and even the grade school students that the, the, the need for church workers is, is very high. There's going to be great job security. There's great job satisfaction that comes from knowing that you're not there just to take care of the, of the basic needs and understandings that they'll need through their life, but you're also touching their lives in a, in a very strong theological divine way through the ministry that you would be able to do as BCE's pastors and, and teachers and deaconesses and, and all of the church workers. I could place, I could place at least three directors of parish music right now and they're just this, they're just very very scarce we need to be encouraging our young people to consider this as a career move and be able to support them as much as we can throughout their education and 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 when they are in vocation in the ministry are there some misconceptions or, or things that you've heard from congregations about church work things that that you'd like to dispel for people that are considering going into church I think for the most part, the only thing that we see is discouraging is that they've indicated that it, you know, it's very, very expensive. Mm -hmm. uh, private, private universities are, are very, 
very, very expensive. But the way that the Synod and have come together to be able to provide tuition assistance and living ex- living expenses in, in many cases, that that has been removed. I think it is something that we, we need to encourage the young people to allow us a little time to sit down to go through these, what is actually happening to the students that are in our universities and our seminaries, and let them see that the Senate and our districts and individuals are all very, very supportive of that. And when they get out, they have a choice of maybe three, four, maybe five different places that would be interesting in using their skills and their giftedness in their congregations and schools. What would you like to see in, in congregations happening moving forward to encourage youth and, and adults alike to consider church work vocation? Well, I think the first thing is to be able to have the, the opportunity to, to share the information. And that's why our task force is, is going to be getting together is to provide them with that information and then to show the within the congregations with the pastors and the teachers and the DCEs and deaconesses that are in the field to identify these individuals along the way so that we have an opportunity to give them the truth about what it is that is happening and what can possibly be the way for them to be able to not only serve society, but in a bigger way to serve the kingdom of Christ. When they are motivated in that kind of sense, it is, it is something that I think is, is going to make the difference. What, what we're seeing is that the, the, the critical need for teachers and principals and DCEs, for example, is, is becoming very, very large. And we need to be able to find ways of being able to identify those individuals in our congregations that, that would have a tendency to be able to take this, this, this calling of Christ very seriously. Where, you know, St. Peter talked about this in the first chapter of his first epistle and, and second chapter of the physics, that we are all ministers of, of, of what it is that God has given to us to declare the excellencies of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once we were not a people, but now we are the people of God. And when we begin to realize what it is that Christ has actually done for us, and to see that response of the stewardship, the total stewardship of what we are, what we have received, to be able to share that, when that becomes a clear message, we are doing the work that God has asked us to do, to make disciples and to teach them in what it is that he has given to us. So then what is your encouragement for, for both the young people and maybe those who are already in a career, but, but have this this idea that church work may be right for them. What is your encouragement to these these people as they think about and pray about this path for them? Well, the encouragement is let us let us take away the anxieties that you have about it and let us give you the information about what it is that God continues to do with all of those that he would call into these various aspects of ministry. It, it is an amazing thing in retrospect to see what it is that what has happened to these people that have gone into church work, just to see that the way that the hand of the Lord 
has continued to move them through these things, through the thick and through the thin, through the difficulties and through the joys. It is an amazing thing to see. We, we didn't know it at the time, but the Lord is there also with us in word and in sacrament and his very, very presence with us. Our guest today, the Reverend Dr. Roger Pavla, president of the Mid-South District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Dr. Pavla, thanks so much for being our guest on the Set Apart to Serve series here on the Coffee Hour. It has been a pleasure. Thank you very much. And God bless you for putting this out there for everybody to hear. You've been listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Don't